0: Yeah. And I just think it'd be really valuable to learn what is feminine energy, what is masculine energy and Because everything in this planet and everything we do is actually in one of those two categories. I mean, you look at the moon moon is considered the feminine. The sun is the masculine. Well, look at how the gravitational pull of those two things create the earth to be able to be sustained and held up into space. So it's it's really when you take all the woo-woo and the spirituality out of it, you can actually see, oh, my gosh, this is how the earth and the world works. And this means that that's how I work.
1: Lindsley Brooks is a Feng Shui practitioner who specializes in residential and fashion Feng Shui. She works with people looking to bring beauty, consciousness, and harmony to their living space, personal style, and lives. Lindsley is passionate about sacred living, being intentional about everything you do, from what you wear, to what you bring into your home, to what you put into your psyche. She incorporates her experience and training in divine feminine studies, psychology, spirituality, Reiki, astrology, kinesiology, yoga, artistry makeup and personal styling in all of her work she has one overarching goal to help you live in alignment and congruence with your true nature lindsley's family to me we've been best friends since we're about 15 years old her divine intuition and sensitivities have had a tremendous impact on my life it's an absolute honor to have her on the show today this has been a long time coming This is a space for authentic conversations around indigenous wisdom, consciousness, and social change. We dance with the big questions like who are we, why are we here, and how do we work towards a more peaceful and harmonious society. I'm Jared Angaza, and this is Anipi Radio. Today we've got Lindsley Brooks on the mic. Uh, this is a special occasion for me. We're sitting here in my uh, little meditation spot. And uh, Lindsley and I have been, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you'd call us at this point, soulmates, best friends, whatever, since we were about 15 or so. And uh, we've had a very long life journey together and uh, possibly a few life journeys together, we, we assume. But we've come together today to talk about something that both of us, both of us, are very passionate about, and that is feminine energy, masculine energy. Uh, my my personal loves of the discussion of patriarchy and matriarchy, and in, in terms of the social systems, and we've we've kind of broken it down into those into three pillars where we look at the energies of our life, masculine and feminine, and we look at the genders of our life, uh, typically male and female, and all things in between. And then we look at the the other side of things, which is the more of the political side of things. And when I say political, as always on this show, it is politi- coming from the term politikos, meaning the way in which we organize ourselves as a society. So we want to look at those three pillars as we look at this discussion of the divine feminine in general. So. I brought Lindsley in today to discuss some of her experience in that journey, in looking at all these different elements, and the things that she's learned from that, the wisdom she's gained from that. She's had a very long, dedicated life to these issues, and we're going to talk today partly about how that has affected religion, uh, specifically Christianity, and some of the things that have come out in there. But before we get started, let's uh, let's give a just look a little. Give us a little window into where you're at, kind of some of the things that you do. I've I've given the formal introduction, but tell me where you're at now and and kind of the things that you're focusing on.
0: Well, hello, everyone. Um, Yeah, so the topic of energy, feminine or masculine, it originally kind of started for me when I learned about energy healing in general. And what that meant as far as like the yin and the yang of energy and kind of even the basic science of, of energy being that you can't create it or destroy it. It just is. And then that curiosity factor of that. And so... I guess the last couple of years, I've just been diving deep into how that manifests in the physical, how that kind of shows up in people's lives, and specifically even in their spaces. And um, so feng shui is, is my—it's kind of been my passion the last few years, and I dive into that more... Um, through kind of like learning the the depths of it. So when I say that, I mean like if I'm doing feng shui in someone's home, I, I just kind of recently started applying feng shui into someone's fashion or their personal brand or their or their life. You can actually even feng shui your life. And so then when I started understanding how deep and complex this concept is, I started realizing how much there is to learn and to share with other people on a practical level with feminine energy. And so I've, I've lately been diving into, um, creating space for women to learn about feminine energy and actually for men to learn how it applies to them. Because as we'll probably dive into in a little bit more, it's not so much about, um, gender. It's the, it's the emotions. It's the energy of that. It's the, mm um, it's, it's really how we both have these things within us at all times and how for so long one has been more predominant. So how is it that we're going to apply and become more in harmony to these energies?
1: That's something that I really want to talk about because we, we think about, I love that you said harmony. That's <laughs> great. I, I use that term a lot <clears throat> when people are asking me about, you know, life balance and things like that It's a term that comes up a lot, you know, we need life balance. I have pushed back on the balance thing to some degree. Now, I think it's somewhat semantics. But for me, I, I don't want equal amounts of you know, this or that in my life necessarily. I, sometimes I want, uh, I want it higher on one side, maybe feminine energy or masculine energy. I want to talk about that. Uh, but what I'm looking for is harmony. I want to. I want to be part of the harmony of this world. I want to contribute to that. Uh, it doesn't mean that we need equal portions of everything, right? Uh, and it's it's there. Even when we talk about you know racial equality and things like that, what we mean is like equal opportunities and that people are viewed the same, the same value, kind of things like that. It doesn't mean everybody gets exactly the same thing. So let's start there because when I think about masculine, feminine, I think about masculine energy is here to protect me, to say, protect yourself, take care of yourself, You know, give yourself the things that you need, tend to your own light, all these things that we need to do that are very vital to living in a physical existence here on planet Earth. So we have to have that masculine energy to, to support our infrastructure systems and to build things and things like that. There's that masculine energy that tells us to do that. Feminine energy then tells us, Okay, well, how are you going to do that? <laughs> in what way are you going to do that? What are the emotions that are attached to that? How's it going to make people feel? How do we nurture each other and take care of each other? How do we come into community? It's more about unity and unifying the people. As we're masculine in energy, it can be very individual, in my opinion, So, or my experience, I guess. So when I look at that as a human, and I can very easily take this over into patriarchy matriarchy discussion, which we will, but just as a human, as an individual, if I ask myself do I want equal masculine and feminine energy? I tend to say no, I would prefer to have a little heavier on the feminine energy and a little less on the masculine energy. Like I know I want, I need to survive here, I need to take care of myself, but I want to be a light. I want to be connected to people I, I value community I value that nurturing and the, that empathy you know all those kind of things that you know about me Th- these are things that I feel are more associated with the feminine so I, su- I tend to feel like I want to study and, and get more feminine in my in in, in energy in my being <laughs> but I recognize the importance of phys- uh, of the physical aspects of life in this existence and that I need that masculine energy so that's something I'm learning about too but talk a little about, if you could, about just the, like, do we want equal parts, or do we want like, do we want more than one of the other, or what, what? What's the deal?
0: Okay, so no, I love everything you're saying. So, the first thing that came to me while you're talking is, of, like, of course you want more of the feminine, right now. Yeah. So it's hard to know whether or not everything should be in perfect harmony or balance. I th- I would say no, actually, and here's why: because if you look at nature. And maybe I should even back it up even a little bit more. At the end of the day, nature is the perfect kind of mirror for how our own personal lives are always functioning and moving. Um, I, In the feng shui tradition, it's it's based in Taoism. And Taoism is, is the belief that we are many universes, that we are a microcosm of the bigger. So as above, so below. Meaning at the end of the day, there's two major, there's like, Two major things going on. It's the yin and the yang energy. And then you break those two energies down. It's almost like that's the mama and the daddy, and then they have five little babies. And that would be the elements in feng shui. So you've got, you know, the fire, the metal, the earth, the water. And then you, so if you think about how that looks in someone's personal life, it's this constant cycle because human beings, just like nature, are cyclical. And so we are always in some stage of death, rebirth, and living, right? So there's all like, you look at the seasons. So I would say you would, you're never going to have something always in balance because creation happens in the tension of things being in that. So it's like, if you look at nature with hurricanes or earthquakes or, um, any kind of way that earth is constantly trying to bring itself back into balance, it's, there's something about it being um, the extremes, these two dualities and the tension of that constant trine that actually is birthing new life. It's birthing something. So even in what we would call destruction or death, there is new life. So it's almost like they're happening all at the same time. And it's not a linear or a an equal to, I'm, I'm getting the image of like weights, you know, of, of something being in balance or harmony. It's actually never probably going to get that state. Maybe it will, maybe some spiritual guru would tell us that that's the ultimate, right? Because I would even say that's, I mean, this is to get on a little bit of a tangent, but that's probably what's even happening among, we're seeing this divine feminine, divine masculine thing manifest in the gender a little bit more right now too, as an example, because of even just so much more fluidity when it comes to sexuality, And even the ability of, of being able to express yourself in that way. And, you know, I've even heard some people talk about how the, the perfect human is the asexual or the, that, that one that is like androgynous. androgynous. That's right. So anyways, to answer your question, I don't, I don't think that it would serve its purpose for it to be in perfect harmony, but I do think it's been so out of balance for so long that what's happening now is this, um, it's almost like the old system has fallen apart and there is this kind of like rise in, in that like, just like nature is constantly trying to get itself in balance. And of course, since we're so that symbioticness of what is above as above, so below, of course the human consciousness, the human psyche, the human is therefore evolving to the state where it too is also trying to bring itself more into balance because it's how we evolve. It's how we continue to grow.
1: I wanna talk a little bit about that because of the, it's kind of the pendulum swing because and that tends to be how we work as humans and, and, and even in historically natu- in the natural environment. We, we have these big pendulum swings from one side to the next. We look at uh, war-torn countries that have gone through genocide. Typically, they end up more authoritarian afterwards. I mean, Rwanda is a, a decent example of that. It is a democracy, but it's very authoritarian. Uh, Things are very militarized and locked down and blah blah blah, and I, I mean I, I always felt like you kind of need to go that way in order to then come back to the middle. Um, Rwanda not, might not be the best example in that regard because they're still hanging over there on the other side of the pendulum. But I, I think that maybe for me and you said of course you know I'm, I'm looking for feminine and I, and I I recognize that I'm a man right so. I may be walking in with a little less feminine, a little more masculine, and so I'm craving the feminine to try to come back into some sort of, well, I I think, again, not necessarily balance, but as an effort to strive towards my highest self. So I'm looking for that pendulum swing. And I think socially, that makes sense to me when we get into the politics and social systems, social agreements, because that's matriarchy, patriarchy. And people say, oh, well, you know, patriarchy, let's say patriarchy doesn't work very well. OK, we have lots of war and violence and, and, and things like that. We're incentivized to exploit through the capitalistic system and so on that we see in patriarchy. Uh, the question is, OK, well, if we go to matriarchy, well, what, what makes you think that would be any better? Or would it just be all feminine, you know, too far to the feminine? And I feel like <sighs> to me, the patri- or matriarchal system implies that we are led by... In this case, a feminine guide, feminine an energy. If we're if we're gonna pick an energy to be led by, I'd rather pick feminine energy, and then and then of course, yes, we need to take care of ourselves. We need the the physical patriarchal kind of or not patriarchal, uh, masculine side of things. But does that make sense?
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I I love this. Okay, so here's here's what's coming to me that I feel like I need to express. Um, There is a false masculine. And there is a divine masculine. There is a false feminine and there is a divine feminine. So what the heck does that mean? Okay, so we, I think, as a culture, as a society, have been operating in the false masculine. So I don't necessarily want to demonize the patriarchy or the masculine energy because I don't know if we've actually seen that fully manifested yet.
1: Can can you juxtapose them? The feminine, like the like the false masculine and the true masculine like what does one look like in
0: the other? yeah so the the false masculine has been this um overbearing controlling um this sense of like we take what we want anytime we want it we operate from a very controlling dominant sort of way i mean really let's just you know pretty much what we've all been living in for a while it's like everything and when you talk about the pendulum i think that all that kind of what we call patriarch or or this masculine energy which i call false of course it would swing to the other side and if we're not careful or we it did create the false feminine
1: And, and that seems masculine to me
0: right because it's the false feminine so what happens is you've got all this this like um Well, then here's the other piece to that. The false feminine would end up being manipulative. It would be, it would use sexuality to control. It would be, um, it'd be that sense of all this kind of seductive, but in the negative sense, I think the best word for me is just manipulation. It feels very, uh, it feels more of like that darker feminine that kind of turns people off. But here's the deal though. We keep... I, go, I do this all the time too. I keep referencing it as far as a gender. But really, this is all within both, everything that we're talking about is within the one individual too. So it's these parts of ourselves. It's almost like the shadow side of all of the things we're talking about. So then you bring in, okay, well, what is what does that look like in terms of why do we call it divine? Well, we call it divine because it's the highest evolution. It's actually like the, the best version of what we're talking about. And that like divine feminine would be the nurture would be emotions. It would be intuition. It would be receiving it's this element of trust um, allowing, and then you bring, then, okay, what's the divine masculine? Well, honestly, I think that that's maybe what's even rising right now. Everybody's so focused on the divine feminine rising. I would even say, take it a step further, that if the divine feminine rise, is rising, what we know about nature and everything else is, is that divine masculine is also rising too.
1: Yes. Okay. So that that's I think a good segue into what's happening happening socially right now in the rise of the protests again, like that we saw in the sixties and seventies. Uh, we're looking at the uh, we're looking at a backlash, right? Because we have something obviously nasty happening in the in the White House, and because of that, we're waking up. We've talked a lot about that on the show, and waking up to what is is another part of the discussion, but. I think that part of what is happening in the stirring up of things is these energies are starting to come up. And to me, I mean, I can look across the protesting that the, the the activist scene, which that I am a part of very much, it feels very masculine. And I think that what I'm looking for in all of this is to be led by a feminine intuition, because that's what I value And then say, okay, well, how do we do that in a physical realm? And then we go back to the masculine. But again, what we might be seeing socially is a pendulum swing on the masculine towards the other side. So again, it gets messy. (laughs) Does that make sense? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So the question then is like, how do we actually create change? because the change in itself is masculine. How do we actually do something um, that creates positive change and come at it from maybe a feminine place? But maybe that's the wrong question. I would even say that change because it's masculine. And if you are doing something for the greater good and you're being conscious about it, then you are in the divine masculine. Right. So it may, I mean a feminine act, the, the divine feminine in a social activist sort of way is just being aware of the oneness and the connection and that intention of, of wanting to create, um, something that's for the global without it allowing, without coming at it from a controlling manipulative or I'm going to be better or, you know, super self-righteous sort of way. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. So that kind of speaks to in the positive way the balance there okay. and that, I, I think again, it kind of comes back. I'm realizing as we're talking that what I'm desiring is to be led by the feminine intuition, the divine feminine, let's say that the divine feminine, which sort of speaks to intuition that would come from that and the divine masculine of, you know, which I had previously, (laughs) previously demonized a bit. Um, So with the divine masculine that says, okay, here's how, here's what us doing that looks like with female intuition, feminine intuition.
0: Yeah. Feminine because it's not female. In fact, you know what? I want to correct myself from what we were talking about earlier when you said, I want to bring in more feminine. And I said, of course you do. I shouldn't have actually said that because that was considered, that was a very gender moment of going, oh, well, you're a man and blah, blah, blah. Actually, I would even go so far to say is what you didn't realize, what you didn't know that you didn't know was that you actually probably wanting to channel more divine masculine right now.
1: I, th- I think you're exactly right. And you know me anyway. Everyone has always said I'm <laughs> very in touch with my feminine side, but I, I think that I didn't know it because I've never known, I've never, even until this conversation, didn't really realize the potential or even existence of the divine masculine which is not something that I'm hearing any discussion about Uh, makes me think about retitling this discussion as well, but uh, which we might do, but this is, that's a, maybe that, maybe this, what we're seeing here is a call to the divine masculine. Now, I mean, I have to wonder what that would look like. And I mean, I think you could still have that beautiful balance within a, or maybe are more likely to have that within a matriarchy than a patriarchy.
0: Yes. And that's why this leads me <laughs> to the perfect segue of like this. I mean, everything we're saying in the word divine yeah. is about some kind of higher being. Right. And so where the heck did all this even come from? I don't know if you want to dive into some of this. Why do we call God he? Yes. But I mean, from, you know, Christian tradition, we call God male. And really and truly, God was not even considered male until um, Abrahamic tradition and law came into play, God was always considered to be female and the goddess or any, and even in some traditions, there was the both. And because obviously God is not a gender, it was, it was beyond, it was the, I mean, yes, exactly. It had the balance, it's an energy, right? So it's funny to me to think about even in let's say Egyptian or any kind of, um, any kind of older where you've got this, the the matriarch is in, is in charge, so to speak, or being worshiped, the men in that would almost become this support system. Like I, I can remember learning about, um, Celtic traditions and a lot of the priestesses or the higher Royal, you know, the, um, the Templars, for example, for the soldiers, they were considered to be the embodiment of the archetype of the divine masculine. And I always kind of thought it was very interesting that they, their whole job was to protect the priestess or to protect the queen, which you would think would be a very feminine energy, that kind of nurturer, that element of holding and keeping and creating a sense of safety. But really, there, that's a lot of masculine qualities there too. So I kind of got on a bunny trail with that. But no, okay.
1: Well, the, the thing that happens there that I, I'm starting to see this unfold as you're talking, there's this discussion, or maybe not a discussion, just a thought in the male mind that let's just say we lived in a matriarchy, right? And then there's that, okay, well, I thought you know, the men were the kings and blah, 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 and, and we don't feel like we've got the upper hand or whatever. Fine. I, there's another side of that discussion, with, like for instance, for I'll just speak for myself because you know already that I, I I view my existence as a male, my my role and roles I think are important when we understand roles. It's not like oh you guys have to do this, and we have, it's really just like a, a discussion where we recognize our roles and what they could be and and what the potential is there. As my role or my role as a man, I think is to support a. I think a female led matriarchal system that is led by that intuition and that overarching desire to, to be loved, to foster love. Uh, And then we come back and say, okay, I think the previous notion at least of mine was then, men are kind of at this lower level then. And, then and, and obviously men are not gonna like that idea. And we think, okay, they're at this lower level and, and, and the women are on top and in charge and blah, blah, blah. It's not about being in charge. Patriarchy makes us think about who's in charge. But matriarchy may, think, may make us think about what's best for all of us and how do we get there and, and who cares who leads really. So, so the, the deal is that I, I feel like the patriarchy creates a lens that we're looking through and that skews a lot of the other parts of the discussion as well.
0: Yeah. Because even the matriarchy to think that that would be the solution would actually be kind of defeating the whole purpose. And I, I love this idea that, um, okay, so how do we do that? How do we bring these two healthy uh, feminine and masculine energies are matriarchal and patriarchal? How do we bring those together? Well, I'll tell you, it's stop trying to cut off that parts of ourselves that we have not been comfortable. So like you even saying that you were answering this question through the lens of the patriarch, because it's so part of who we are. It's almost like how we view the whole world. And so the second that we cut off our own emotions, our own intuition, we're cutting off the very thing that we're talking about. Does that make sense? It's like once we actually embody these things within ourselves, then we're able to actually create this new consciousness, this new paradigm or this new way of looking at the world and running the world.
1: We have a cognitive bias that is associated with patriarchal lens, which puts us in a position where we would ask, is God a male or a female? As where I feel like, in a more matriarchal sense or let's stick with the divine feminine wouldn't even ask that question because who cares it's not about the gender it's not about the 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 balance or whatever it's just about what gets us to the greater place as humans and and so that every like I, i always think about this morning oddly enough like talking to my kids like do i say it's hard when you talk about god or wakantanka in our case uh without saying he or she at some point in the discussion, because we're, we are programmed to associate a gender. Uh, and so, it, but it's also hard to say, Wakantanka, and then Wakantanka, Tanka, then Wakan <laughs> it, gets, it gets difficult. Um, so it, it's interesting that, again, with a, if we look at patriarchy being the only thing we've really known, at least us, uh and then matriarchy over here being kind of representing the other side of the pendulum swing i still feel like we swing over there for a social system but that doesn't necessarily mean you know that women are in charge or men are in charge or whatever the the women may say look these guys are going to lead these departments <laughs> because that's the best thing as long as we're led by female intuition that's really the thing that i'm looking for
0: yeah and and as long as we're not scared of our own feminine energy within ourselves Because that's, I mean, I'm thinking back to, you know, we were raised in Christian tradition and this idea that like the feminine obviously was so scary for the, for that beginning of, you know, of the, of that time. It's like, it was a threat. Why, why was it such a threat? It's not so much even of the other. It's not even like something outside of themselves that was so scary. It was actually within themselves that made it so scary. And I think it's, um, I'll tell you why because there's in a sense of you can control other people when you create fear about something. And the feminine is so very much about learning how to trust yourself, listening to that still small voice or sometimes that like that intuition thing that 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 knowing that gut feeling, that idea that like you have everything you ha- you have within yourself is already there. Those kinds of things. There is an element of everyone was their own individual. Um you know, all compassing, male, feminine, you know, all of it, they were all, they had everything they need. So then you bring in religion, which is a very false masculine, no matter what religion it is, just religion in general, because there's so much about rules and structure and a lot of it is fear-based, right? And I know we're touching on some pretty, some pretty heavy stuff, but it's, it's good because I think at the end of the day, you start realizing, oh my gosh, if you stripped out and they did, if you strip out the feminine Qualities, the feminine energy um, from God, you get an entire patriarchal religion, and how could that be sustainable?
1: That's that's what we come to, and there, I mean, that is why we have the systems that we have. We erred towards, or we went towards patriarchy because I think. Men recognize, like, well, we live in a physical world. We we have an opportunity to dominate here in this physical space. In this survival of the fittest, yeah. I mean, that was where Darwin kind of screwed us um, in that perspective. Like, that the, the, is that. I think we sure can always be that way. You put ten. I like to look at a micro version. You know, like put ten people in a room. I mean, you could. If you say, hey, survival of the fittest, I mean, it'd be a pretty quick game as to seeing what happens. But what if it was not survival of the fittest? It was uh, how do we transcend difficulties? How do we transcend contrast? How do we come together? How do we create the best environment for all of us, people, nature, whatever? And I, I feel like matriarchy asks that question. How do we, how do we unify and rise up as humans, uh, and then I feel like patriarchy is more designed for control, for regulation, for these kind of things, uh, and that's from and that doesn't mean masculine, feminine energy. That means patriarchy, matriarchy. So there's the systems that have come out of it, but it's not surprising because men that men have done this right, and and so. Let's then segue over. I want to get into this point with you specifically because we, we've seen feminism rise at different times throughout history. And we saw that again back in the 60s, 60s and 70s. But now we're here, and we're seeing another kind of feminism rise. There was some similarities then, but I think it's more stark now. And what it says to me is, okay, people, we live in a physical realm. We live under a patriarchal system pretty much globally and men, men this is a man's world and wise words, of James Brown. Um, it is, it is a man's world right now. Like we can look at it and say from a structural standpoint, it is a man's world. Should it be maybe not, but is it? Yes. So, Then I think what's happened is that women, even amongst themselves, have sold themselves this story of maybe what you would call false feminine, which I'll let you say. Um, But it's really, I'll stick to the feminism part of it. It seems like a false feminism because it it is a, uh, it's how do you become a man? As a woman, how can you do all the things that men can? How can you, how can you get to the point where we can't tell a difference if it's a man or a woman? And I'm like, I want to tell a difference if it's a man or a woman, and I want to trust a woman's intuition. So, so I feel like that part's been scooped out of it, and that's the scary part for me: is when women are are being raised to believe that they are just to do their everything they can to be a, a, the best man or the best woman in a man's world, as opposed to. What would a we are not talking about? What a woman in a woman's world would look like, and to me, that's when we have the greatest potential to to rise up as a society.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a few things are coming to me. I mean, to go back to that kind of um, angry feminist um, energy, which really is just more of of patriarchal energy within a female. I mean, I don't, listen. I am all for having um, righteous anger. There is an element of injustice that has been happening that we're all just sick and tired of. So, of course, it's going to have a backlash and it's going to be a pendulum. And, you know, there is a time and a place to actually say, like, I'm really pissed off and I need to process that and I need to feel that. And that's a feminine thing to do. For some reason, I keep wanting to um, come back to that once we actually are able to embody these energies within ourselves comfortably, then we're going to start seeing the physical manifestation of that in the world around us. And what I mean by that is, is like, you know... A lot of females, just because it's the gender thing again, doesn't mean that they have a healthy sense of, d- of divine feminine just because they're, f- they're female. In fact, like you just said, that false masculine and false feminine has actually probably been leading the... The charge for a little bit, and what's going on now is you know, I'm seeing this rise of the divine feminine movements and these goddess groups. And you know, I am woman, hear me roar. And at first, it felt like, okay, well, that makes sense too. There's a like, that's good, let's go there. And then after a while, it started to kind of even gross me out. And I'm like, this doesn't feel like the, the wave. And listen, there's a, some people actually do get enough of that and they, and they love that, whatever. To me, it was even, it felt more of the same to actually even have that kind of stuff going on.
1: It, it's, I think about like all the women in the NRA, you know, <laughs> they're like, oh, we were, you know, gun toting, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, and it feels like it's women that have just been programmed to try to thrive in a man's system and say like here's the men's game here's the man's system we're going to go and we're going to we're going to thrive in that system and i'm like you you're missing the point like we missed the opportunity really there and so that n- none of that is attractive to me what would be really amazing and beautiful and you may be more aware of some of these movements i don't know but uh is to come out and start having the conversation of what what a what does a woman's world look like? And I don't mean like what does a woman's world look like through a patriarchal lens? and what is a, what is a woman like we I, I think we have to look at the role of a woman and its potential and what that could be. and I realized the the tinder box of explosives in that discussion that I just brought into this. But when I look at the role of a woman I, 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 of, of feminine energy specifically, I feel like it is to guide through intuition and and to nurture and to, um, to tell us how to deal with situations appropriately. And, and by appropriately, I mean in a way that everyone can benefit from it. So that's, I mean, I think that's ultimately what all I'm looking for. And I don't, I guess my tendency is to feel like that's not likely to come from a patriarchal system. It's more likely to come from a matriarchal system. I'm not aware of any system in between necessarily. And if I again if I look at where I want to be led, I, I want it there. But when when I look at a lot of the women that are rising up to the top, they're not rising up in this oracle kind of angelic light kind of being way. They're rising up with a pantsuit on. And that scares me because that seems like Kind of like close to the truth that we can weave in there and then people feel like they're operating in their truth and then and then that's like the darkness comes in.
0: Yeah, you mean like metaphorical pantsuit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I got a good damn no, pantsuit. No, <laughs> so I'm just kidding. No, I, I hear what you're saying. And honestly, I don't know if there is an answer. I don't I mean, we've never been here before. And in fact, I would even go so far as to say, even back in Christian tradition and you having a patriarchal society, even the last couple, you know, thousands of years, even the last couple hundreds of years, it's all really, um, an evolution. Like I don't look back at it and go, man, look how flat the world is and how stupid we were to believe that. No, it actually is just the infancy stage of human consciousness and how we continue to grow up. And it's like the same things that you tell, you know, Sarah right now are not the same things that you and I are going to talk about because she can't handle it. You know, there's a, that's so there's an awakening that's happening in our consciousness to be even able to have this conversation. So. I say all that to say we don't know what we don't know. We don't have a clue what this is going to look like other than the fact that we know that what we've been doing isn't working. And how do we know that? Because it's breaking down. These old structures, these very patriarchal or masculine, false masculine structures are no longer helping us. We're not evolving. And how do I know that? Well, a lot of my clients, I'm attracting tons of men right now as clients who are in very traditional conservative, um, nine to five type jobs. And all of a sudden their lives are falling apart. And like what they would call like major, blow ups in their personal lives or even in their professional lives. And then they come to me for counsel um, because I do a lot of intuitive coaching stuff too. And it's interesting how they come to me. They have no idea why they've chosen me to be this kind of person to talk to, but energetically, I know why, because they are... Their structure, their way of doing life has been through the lens of a very, um, this is what you're supposed to do. This is how you do it. If you do A and, plus, and Z, then it will all come together, right? Because that's a very false masculine sort of way of living. And then when it doesn't work out that way, because it's not sustainable, then it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do now. So when, ironically enough, when they come to me and I start doing some counseling or coaching, I'm helping them tune back into, well, what is it that you desire? What do you want? Who are you? What do you feel about that? Um, what was it something that you always wanted to do, but you told yourself you couldn't do it? These kind of basic questions are very feminine questions, meaning that like they're very att- connecting you to your intuition, to trust, to emotions. And they have, I mean, I really kind of think it's um, almost like the lost boy syndrome in all of us, the lost masculine in all of us, because we were never developed. We, we were not allowed to um, develop those tools as, as children. It was like... As a boy, you were told this is what you're supposed to do. As a girl, you were told you had to do this. These roles were just kind of given to us unless we stop or unless those systems break down and then we have this catalytic moment happen in our lives where we actually have to face this other part of ourselves to even find out what the heck we want our lives to look like. And so people like you who were born to almost kind of be this renegade, unconventional person, for whatever reason, you never wanted to fit into the, to the norm and to the structure and to the system. And so that's why maybe people have said you're way in touch with your feminine because you, you gave yourself permission to actually explore what your passions and your purpose and your desires were and to follow that. That's not the norm.
1: Correct. Yes. And that's the, I'm realizing as all these lights are going off in my head that we've never been dominated as a society by the divine masculine. Bingo. I just got chills. Uh, It it, it was by the false masculine, which changes every, I mean, again, now what I started this conversation with two energies and now we've got four. (laughs) Um, So I think that, but that's, that to me tells me that we're on the right path in this discussion as well, because we end up with that. So the other part of that, like, if you look at my life as an activist, I do believe that I' you know got an extra dose of the divine feminine. and mean in that I have always been drawn to empathetic behavior. I have always been drawn to looking out for the underdog and and looking for justice. Um, very justice driven as an eight on the enneagram. <laughs> and but i recognize though that maybe i have experienced some elements of the the divine masculine in that i was never willing to do it in a way that was destructive or violent so if we look at someone like mlk or or gandhi or or whatever we we can look at them and see perhaps and i'm not talking about every area of their life <laughs> we know these guys <laughs> but in their in their work That was, it looks like MLK's work to me was a very beautiful example of a a harmonizing between the divine feminine and the divine masculine because the divine masculine said nonviolent resistance.
0: Yes, hello, Jesus. This is why what's so sad to me about Christian tradition is that it was um, the, the, the divine feminine was stripped from the obvious of, of the scriptures and the Bible, but yet everything about Jesus was the embodiment of what we're talking about. In fact, I'm gonna, if it's okay, I'm gonna kind of go out on a limb here a little bit. Um, most people, especially Christians, um, do not know that this, the fish symbol, that is used often for Jesus. Yes. Um, ethos. Yeah, yeah. Is that what she said? Yeah. 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 So it actually comes from, and this is like my favorite because we have these little fish symbols on the back of our cars, and most people don't even know where it really comes from. But the original. Um, like disciples of Jesus, and even and even part of the teachings of Jesus's original teachings were the symbol, of, and, and so let's see, so sacred geometry, Vesica Pisces, you got these two circles that overlap, and in the center is the shape of an almond. Well, those two symbols, the one circle is considered to be the feminine, the dualities. It's a symbol of dualities. So you got one circle that's the feminine, and then the other circle is the masculine, And when those are in perfect harmony or balance, they overlap, and a third entity is created in the center, which is the symbol of the almond. And the original disciples and teachings of Jesus would use that symbol to teach the importance of the balance and harmony of the masculine and the feminine in order to reach. a a higher state or Christ consciousness, because when those two things overlap, a third entity is created and the third entity would be a higher state of Christ consciousness. And so that almond shape actually is the symbol of the fish because Jesus, there was a lot of of everything that he was teaching. If you go back and you read some of these scriptures and you read it through these lenses, you realize you can't strip it all out of scriptures. It wasn't completely removed, but so much of it was during the whole, um, you know, getting the Bible the way that they wanted it during the Constantine years and kind of stripping it from from any way to be able to control and to manipulate. I mean, it sounds really harsh and by no means am I a dog in Christianity because it is my first love. I mean, there's a deep love and appreciation. It's sociologically, I still very much call myself a Christian. Um, theologically, I'm not so sure that I can actually fit into that box anymore, but I definitely know that there's... Um, so much still left there that's aligned with what we're talking about that it makes it current and relevant as well. And you have to put it in the context of what I was saying earlier about we've just evolved beyond so much of what's going on too, which is the progressive nature of Christianity.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot here. There's a, I mean, I have a question. I don't know if either one of us know the answer to this one, but I mean, you look at Jesus' disciples, as far as we know, we're male. Um, except I, I do know that there's a little bit of a story back there somewhere. <laughs> You're shaking your head, so apparently you know it. So we'll get into that. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, yeah, if, if that was just a story that we were sold. But an interesting element of the disciple thing that I always want to throw in there, and this is less to do with our current conversation, but I think worth mentioning, is that Jesus picked disciples. <laughs> when he picked these disciples, he picked people that he believed could do all that he could do and more. And that's the thing that we leave out of the Bible a lot, obviously, but it's when we look at the disciples the people that are going to follow us, not just follow us, but be able to uh, emulate the, the principles and, and carry out the principles in their way, not to emulate the, the exact character of a person, but or the ways of that person. But so if we look at the disciples, these people that Jesus believed could be like him. Now we've all gotten the story of that being male. Tell me.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm based on just Christian, you know, just straight up Bible talk, you know, obviously we know that there was Mary Magdalene and and all the other ones that showed up at the tomb. So they were never really classified, I guess, as official disciple. But um, one thing that I wanted to add, though, was that, yes, he chose, he asked each Male to be a disciple. Interesting, though, the whole Judas Iscariot thing because Judas really believed that Jesus was this masculine energy coming to take over the Roman Empire. If you remember, like the G, uh, Judas Iscariot. Iscariot actually is another word for zealot, and so there was a, a very much a large group of, um, of an organization that he was a part of that was pretty much rebels for that society. And they were part of wanting to overthrow and kind of like rise up and take over the throne, so to speak, from a very patriarchal sort of way. Well, at the last supper, if you remember, um, there was a kind of a ritual act that was done where, you know, Mary anointed his feet with oil and he you know did the last supper and everything was going on there well that was a very um routine very obvious ritual that was done in the land so what that was an act of it was an actual a ritual to talk about the peaceful king so back in the day um if a the priestess would anoint the soldier or the king before he was to die for them, for all of humankind. And then he, when he died, he would kind of become this sacrifice. And then three days later, he would actually, you know, resurrect. So when Mary Magdalene actually anointed his feet with oil, she was doing that ritual that was known among the land and pagan and it's a pagan ritual to say, you are the peaceful King because, and so Judas recognizing That, oh my gosh, they just did the whole reenactment of the peaceful king? Oh, hell no. I thought he was going to take over. I thought he was going to like rise up. and We were coming in with guns blazing, so to speak. And scripture actually says that that's when, after she did that, is when Judas then stands up walks out the back door. He's pissed off. He's just realized what's about to go down and he did not sign up for that. And that's when he sells Jesus for three coins of silver. And the whole thing, that's when he is betrayed. It's when he realized that he's not going to take over the way that I wanted him to, which um it's interesting it goes all the way back to how interesting that Jesus chose for him to be the disciple. But yet that was so much very a part of how he looked at the world and how he thought that's how you fix society was to do this kind of very false masculine sort of thing. And yet Jesus was actually saying, no, that's, it's all about creating that divine and, and within the feminine and the masculine.
1: Yeah. Well, and now because we've arrived here, I'll, I'll continue this. This is, I realize we're getting into uh, some more serious territory, uh, I had a conversation recently with a friend that you know as well and about that, that is uh, Christian and, and has a very fundamental kind of Christian belief system. And we were discussing this and we we're good friends. So this was not a debate or, any, or tr- anyone trying to convert anyone, but it was a, it was a peaceful discussion about this. And he said something about Jesus dying for our sins. And we know that discussion, you know, so, and there's a, um, I feel like in that discussion there's judgment involved and there's right and wrong and there's linear dualistic kind of thinking. And for me, my feeling is that the false masculine masculine brings about violent behavior. So to me, I'm using the correct term now that I can say false masculine instead of just masculine, but the false masculine brings up this violent nature to me, that is kind of the antithesis of the Jesus message of forgiveness and of of peace and compassion and empathy and love. And so if we if we have that on the other side, my feeling is that it's not the story of Jesus died for our sins in that way, but Jesus died because of our violence. Our violence killed him. And he said under no circumstances, Will I partake in any violence? So if you must, I'm not going to fight back in that way. I'm going to stand here and again say love wins no matter what.
0: Yeah. And this is really going to piss some Christians off, I'm sure. But, um, <laughs> but I still call myself one, so I feel like I can speak freely. Um, no, this idea that, yes, okay, people think that Jesus died for your sins, but really guys, Jesus died because of a political reason. I mean, it was a political agenda of why he actually died. And so um, if you think about that, like we can make some kind of beautiful, romantic story around why he died, but reality is, that he died because he was a activist. He was out there to change the world and do good and create an awakening for people to realize their own mm-hmm. power. And so that was a threat. He was
1: an enemy of the state. Yes. He, he was he was a threat. Through the to the empire
0: exactly exactly and so when you look at it through um, that lens you start realizing oh my gosh everybody expected him to rise up and take over and yet look how much more of a movement he created when he actually said nope not going there which is the Gandhis it's a lot of these ascended masters were that actually have a different way of approaching a problem and have a different way of approaching. Um, I mean, I guess it's really a different way of approaching the false masculine.
1: Okay, so in any discussion like this, I'm always looking to say, what what should we be doing more of? What should we be working towards? It's like, okay, if we're aware, that's one thing and that's the first step, but now what do we do? So you and I are both in branding in, in, in different respects, but it's coming to the same place. So we're looking at things from a... Uh, kind of like how, how do we strip this down to its essence perspective, right? So, so we're looking at things and saying, okay, what is, what is this really about? Divine masculine versus the false masculine. So in looking at those, those elements there and looking at the discussion of matriarchy versus patriarchy, I don't know that we would necessarily ever just sit back and say, OK, guys, we're going to shift to working towards a matriarchy. It doesn't work that way. We didn't do that to get to patriarchy necessarily. It just evolves into a certain direction. So I don't I, I'm not sitting here saying, hey, we should start doing that, but we should continue doing something. We should be doing something. And, and I want to look at framing that and saying, hey, what are we what is it that we need to understand more of? in in terms of our studies and what is it that we could be doing more of in terms of practice and lifestyle?
0: Yeah. Like how does this all apply to our lives? Yeah. Um, well I, I always come at it from a very more personal stance anyways, which is what I love about you. You're so much more global and kind of on that level, I, on the individual. And so here's how I see it showing up for us individually. Um, what, how can I get more healthy, masculine, divine masculine energy within myself? Well, for me, um, it's about taking little baby steps every day. It's like, I, I am so in my feminine. Sometimes I love to philosophize. I love to think, I love to feel, I like to trust my intuition. I want to just like wait for things to happen. I want to receive, but, you know, but yet I might maybe take in the next right step. I'm not actually doing the little things that I know I probably need to do, which is a very masculine thing to do. Um, For me, I'm also um, being able to handle my emotions a little more, consciously as opposed to, you know, I have a tendency to, to like indulge in my anger sometimes. And so that can be like, if I'm just being reckless about that, or if I'm not thinking about how I can um, get that more in balance, then I'm not dealing with a healthy feminine. Another area for me is the ability to be able to receive, I'm so used to wanting to give to the other and be make it about them um, that I have a tendency to actually have a hard time to know how to receive help when I need it, which is a very feminine imbalance, right? So those kinds of things, I don't know if that's helpful or not, but you, it, you are able to take these concepts and break them down into the everyday. And then this is why I love doing the work that I do in feng shui as well, because um, feng shui at the end of the day, it just means water and wind okay? But it's an element. It's about bringing these energies into balance within your space. And so even like getting yourself decluttered, even being able to um, kind of understand consciously why you bought a piece of furniture and why you placed it there, um, make you know, looking at your finances and doing something about it. all those things are very energy. everything is energy. At the end of the day, everything is.
1: Okay, so as you're saying that, and, and again, you know me, <laughs> I feel like a lot. Of, those are a lot of my same struggles, as you know. So I felt like I had separated that. Like that's my life stuff, my business stuff, and then over here, I'm so drawn to the feminine, divine feminine, and I study that because it's appealing, it's comfortable, it feels like home to me because that's... I, I believe I'm more drawn to that. And I think we've all said, you know, oh, Jared's more up in the clouds, ethereal, you know, dreamer, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm re- I've recognized that that's kind of me operating within my divine feminine. Now, then I've got <laughs> on the other side, the masculine side. And we all know I've had my, bouts with anger and rage and whatever. And my therapist says it's righteous and whatever. <laughs> I think we have the same therapist actually. But um, Anyway, that, that's, so I appreciate that. And it is like, I, I get angry because of an injustice or whatever, no matter what it might be. But I'm recognizing now that if I look at my journey and like, what is it that I feel like after this conversation, I'm going to dive into studying, probably get on like John Wineland's website or something. I'm going to look I feel like I need to be learning and and maybe a lot of other guys about uh, the divine masculine like that. You're right. Like that's the one that doesn't get talked about. And it's that divine masculine that even seems weird coming out of my mouth. But that's the part that says, you know what? Maybe that's the part that says, how do we do this physical thing? With the divine feminine intuition. Okay, I'm figuring it out now.
0: (laughs) Yes. In fact, I was going to say to me, divine masculine feels very embodied. There's a sense of like action and body. And for whatever reason, this is probably a whole other episode, but healthy sexuality, like sacred sexuality, being able to embody these energies within ourselves in such a way of knowing what that looks like and how that manifests, like how we do anything is how we do everything. So if, if you're loving to, um, philosophize and, and dream about all this and, and come up with all these mission statements and all this activism, but it's all up here in your head and you're only just philosophizing about it, but there's no action and there's no embodying it and there's no practicality, then you're out of balance, right? That's an obvious no brainer, but what is that? You're out of balance in your masculine, the healthy divine masculine of it.
1: If I look back across my life now, like with this lens on <laughs> that I've got this understanding or at least the tip of it, <laughs> the tip of the iceberg, I would say I have, I have lived a life that in in many forms, in many ways has lacked a bit of uh, certainly understanding, much less embracing <laughs> uh, divine masculine and, and not understanding what it is that it existed or how to implement more of it into my life, which I guess is probably my next uh, journey is, is to look at that. But this, I mean, that that again gets in, to some degree, I could ask myself knowing this, you know, when I say, do we need patriarchy or, or matriarchy? It's again, one of those situations where I say, well, you should, why would you ask that question? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's complicated.
0: No, I know, I know, I know. To even keep using the word patriarchal or matriarchal, it is. It's kind of like goes back to the old mindset. But um, as you're talking, I'm realizing, you know, it's like we see these dynamics play out within our relationships all the time, because you know, a straight couple, or even within the same-sex couple, you're still you're going to have these energies both within yourself. So, for example, like I have a client right now, it's like she is. A powerhouse, she's boss lady, man. She can rock it. And in her, and so she's very much what some people are like, oh wow, she's all in her feminine she's a strong female woman but actually she's struggling with the fact that she is in the false masculine right now and it shows up in her relationship with her husband he ends up not showing up the way that he, that she wants him to he isn't rising up to the occasion he's kind of acting um detached and aloof and all these other things well He's not been able to actually be in his healthy masculine. She's actually not in her healthy masculine. They're both operating from a very false feminine sort of way, but it manifests differently in each one of them for whatever reason. Even if it wasn't a straight couple, it could happen the same in a same sex too. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely, and it makes me think. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I worked for many, many years in, in anti-trafficking. You know, so I'm used to dealing with the discussion of why do we treat another human being as a commodity. And when you think about it from the things that we've just discussed, it, that's kind of the epitome of the false feminine being kind of using what you got <laughs> there in in a manipulative way uh, and the false masculine in exploiting another human being as a commodity or controlling them and using them as property and things like that. Uh, so it's like these two nasty things that came together. So, from that, though, we could say, okay, if that's the worst. If we were to outline what would be the better, we'd be looking at that, you know, the divine feminine and the divine masculine. So we've got the, the, the intuition and the, the, the insight. And I mean, I, I tend to say like clairvoyance and meaning like clear okay. vision and the alignment. Yes, with all that. And then on with the, the divine masculine, Well, let me let you take that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: because I'm thinking like as you're talking, I'm thinking just just specifically around this client. Like I'm working with her right now on learning how to trust, trust herself, trust the universe, trust and um, allow, which is a very feminine energy. She has been she's terrified to actually like release control. And we all have our childhood wounds, right? But what happens is these wounds end up creating responses in our lives that end up having that kind of energy around it. And then we play that dynamic out with the people in our lives. So she's setting up her entire life to be um, she's in control. And what's happening is she's operating from that false masculine, and then she ends up attracting a partner who is probably not in his healthy masculine. And so it's this constant battle between the two and she can't just surrender and open up her hands and allow things to happen. She has to force things to happen. She has to be dominant. She tries to um, even in her work and in her personal life to where if if she's not careful, she's going to point the finger at him and say you're being so passive, which is a false feminine. You're 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 weak, right? You see how all these terms but they could show up any other way. So, I guess does that answer the question? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I guess in this, you know, if if we're looking at the to-do list, you know, it's like, how do we, how do we get on top of this situation? I really feel like it calls us to the inner study, the contemplative practices of where are my energies out of alignment, not necessarily again unbalanced or whatever, but just like, where am I, what am I, what is it? I think we, are, we sort of innately start craving more of it, right? You know that. And we may or may not be in tune with what we're actually craving. Uh, so maybe the the contemplation is to, to say, what is it that I'm craving? What energy am I craving more of or needing more of or lacking or whatever?
0: Um, yeah, I love that. And it also reminds me to go back to our original kind of conversation where we're talking about nature and looking at nature as an example of our lives. So like we call an earthquake or a tsunami, um, just, you know, God's wrath or whatever, you know, it's that sense of like, oh, it's all blowing up, but we have our own personal blow-ups. So I would say when you start realizing that like, oh my gosh, everything is falling apart. This isn't working. I'm hitting a dead end. um, I can guarantee you it's your personal life's way of trying to get back into balance. Does that make sense? So it's like um, these natural disasters that we call them, actually, like, and that could be losing a job, your marriage is falling apart, you get a DUI, you, um, your finances are shot. All of them at the same time. I literally, I mean, it's like your own personal natural disasters because If it's true that as above, so below, and I believe that it is, then it's literally your soul and your life trying to speak to you and trying to help you get things back into balance. Meaning there's some action, feminine or masculine, or some um, state of being. There's either some action that's needed that you haven't been willing to do, or there's some state of being that you haven't allowed yourself to do. And until you are able to read your life and see that it's conspiring for you and not against you, then you won't be able to actually see you, what's really needed for the situation.
1: So as always, we come back to stillness. <laughs>
0: or or <laughs> conscious action.
1: Right, but but it's I think in this case, it's the conscious action that is needed is to find stillness, not inaction, mm-hmm. but to, to, to still our minds, if you will. To, to come to a point where we, well, first of all, we have to ask those questions, right? Like for instance, today, I didn't know the, question, the right question to ask for me. And, and today the question is, how do I come into better alignment or show me better alignment with my divine masculine? I, was, I wasn't saying that before. Now I have those words to use. So I think that we have to get to a place of dialogue and, 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 and contem- contemplation that can bring that about like to say, okay, like, well, well, what is it? Maybe for instance, I had my discovery today of that. So now I know that that's maybe it's not the full thing, but it's my next step. Mm-hmm. It's my baby step. And we know the importance of baby steps as Mike Dooley talks about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's that that's the action part. That's the masculine and, and so on taking that action. Uh, and I know that for me, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy to just meditate all <laughs> day if I can get away with it. Uh, and, but the divine masculine has to come in and say, you know, and for me, it's it's been, I I can very easily point out or see, I guess, in my life now that I demonize the masculine in general. Don't shake your head so fervently. <laughs> I have, I have, uh, I've demonized the masculine to such a degree that I came out of balance with it, which affects my vocation, my finances, my, like all these other areas of my life that I tend to just kind of like that are secondhand as where my spiritual devotion and that journey is, has been first and foremost. Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing at how much I learned in this one moment. And it's hilarious because we hang out all the time, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, that, they, I mean, we've, we've gone for an hour now. We probably start to wrap things down, but I, I think that understanding well, like what I like to take to that from this thing that we just had and, and to share kind of with the audience to wrap that up is go have these moments, like <laughs> go find your epiphany about what's going on with these energies. you know, maybe listening to this podcast helps, I, I hope, but that's the, that's the dance we have to do. Like I, we all need a direction to be going in, right? If we don't know the direction, we're just floundering or frustrated. And then we start to step into all kinds of bad energies. Uh, but, when we have a direction and we can tap into enough of our divine masculine to get us on the road to actually walking down it and taking some baby steps that 's when we get the next levels of discoveries
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and I just think it 'd be really valuable to learn what is feminine energy, what is masculine energy and Because everything in this planet and everything we do is actually in one of those two categories. I mean, you look at the moon moon is considered the feminine. The sun is the masculine. Well, look at how the gravitational pull of those two things create the earth to be able to be sustained and held up into space. So it's it's really when you take all the woo-woo and the spirituality out of it, you can actually see, oh, my gosh, this is how the earth and the world works. And this means that that's how I work.
1: Yeah, this is no less scientific than anything else. I mean, we, we separate them so much, spirituality and science. And as we know, I know for, I'll speak for both of us. It's just the, the more we've studied both, the more we've realized there is no line between them. And it is uh, this complete interconnected circle. Whew. All right. Well, that was excellent, as I imagined it would be. And uh, there's lots more, I'm sure. And we'll, we'll hop on the mic again. But before we go, I do want people to be able to also have their own experience with you. So tell us a little bit about some of the things that you're offering and, and, and how people get a hold of you and the best way to do that.
0: So my website, lindsleybrooks.com, I do um, feng shui. I do feng shui for your residential space. Um, and for your wardrobe. (laughs) So I do fashion feng shui, residential feng shui. I do intuitive coaching and I actually work a lot with empowering women through kind of small groups. We do a lot of teachings about how to tap into healthy, feminine energy and healthy, masculine energy. Um, But yeah, I do the energy work in the body, your home, your wardrobe, your life, all of it, because I'm so passionate about just these two particular energies.
1: What would you say from your client you just kind of look across your clients, whatever. What's kind of a pervasive scenario that they're coming in with? It doesn't have to be the same thing, but maybe a formulaic kind of element so that people understand kind of why they would come in.
0: Well, most of the time it's their lives are stuck. Like they have that sense of like something is not working anymore and I desperately need a change. (laughs) And, um, so like I said earlier, how you do anything is how you do everything. So once we actually start bringing awareness to maybe, cause I think a lot of people come to me initially through the intuitive coaching piece. And then when they start talking, they feel like their lives are just broken and like what's happening. It's all hitting the fan and then bringing some altitude and some bigger perspective to really, what's going on. Like we talked about with natural disasters, it's actually like your life's way of trying to wake you up. Then they start realizing how, to, how out of balance or maybe in, incongruent, how out of like alignment they have been. And so when we start kind of getting plugged into, okay, well, who are you? And then what does that really look like for you? And what would it be if you allowed yourself to be more in that feminine energy or that masculine energy? Then how they, how that manifests in their life starts to change and how they want to present themselves and the way that they look, how they want to present themselves in their home, how they want to feel in their home. Um, and being, and I think knowledge has been really powerful for people to just bring an awareness to it, which is why I love doing my teachings and offering, you know, my work to them too. So.
1: Excellent. Yeah. I, I think the people, okay, you're, you're saying that how we do everything or how we do anything is how we do everything. I love that. And I say that a lot. Uh, and I think that's, you know, when I talk about branding stuff, uh, if I'm working with a coach or with, with someone that it's an individual brand, I and mean, again, it's, it's like, well, what is, this is your life, it's your life brand. <laughs> it is about everything that you do. And, and we, you know, and then we end up in a marriage consulting conversation at some point in the game because it goes deep, right? Um, so I love that you're doing that. I know that you have some amazing abilities to do that. And for all those listening, I've known Lindsay since she was 15 and it's been like this since the beginning, <laughs> she's been feeling those energies and, and, uh, detecting things as we walk into a room since we were kids. And it's interesting too. And I'll just point out on the more personal note between the two of us that, that I think I said this the other day when we were talking, but it, it, that dynamic, had It played a big role in my development of my faith because my uh, I have a lot of faith as you know, and that 's you know and, and i've i 've been in a lot of crazy situations and and my faith always drew me through that my faith being that the world, the universe God is working on our behalf you know for us and when I was a young kid walking into a room and you would have an energetic sense about it, first of all, both of us going to the same church and growing up together, like we had no idea what that was even about. You didn't either, but you felt it and you heated it. You gave space for it. You made space for it. And for me as a kid, I I thought, okay, that's phenomenal. Like I didn't ever look at stuff like that and say, Oh, it's hokey. I always thought, Oh, how awe inspiring. (laughs) And, and, and so our relationship grew that all, but at the same time also got me more comfortable in the space that you created. So my faith grew (laughs) and through that. So thank you for that. (laughs) Um, I we could go on and on about that, but I, I I love how you know now here we are 25 years later, <laughs> having this great conversation as we sit on a little meditation spot uh, again, creating space, uh, creating space for something beautiful and to, to stir, to stir us, not just to say this is the way or that's the way, but to stir us so that we continue to ask the questions. Thank you, thank you for being here. Namaste, my friend.
0: Thank you. This has been awesome. I love it.
1: On this show, we discuss how we can take the wisdom of our ancestors and apply it to modern society in an effort to come back into alignment with humanity, nature, and spirit. We dance with the big questions. Who are we? Why are we here? And how do we work towards a more peaceful and harmonious society? We pull from the wisdom of the Tao, the Lakota, yoga, mysticism, and scores of other spiritual ways and practices. I help people understand the essence of who they are, and then I work with them to craft an identity that they want. Our image can change and evolve over time as needed, but our identity is who we are. I believe we can craft an identity that draws us closer to our self-actualization while simultaneously serving as a personal brand that will captivate your audience. I've been developing brands all over the world for the past 20 years, and now I help people understand who they are and how to craft the identity that they want. If you're interested in one-on-one coaching to help you navigate your journey, I'd be honored to come alongside you as your guide. Just visit my website at www.jaredangaza.com. I look forward to guiding you on your Red Road journey. Thanks so much for holding this space for love and wisdom with us today. If you appreciate this discussion, I hope you'll share it widely and rate and review it on iTunes. That's the best way to amplify this message. In EP Radio, theme music is provided by Human Suits from their original soundtrack for the documentary Planetary. Check them out and download their music at humansuits.bandcamp.com. Until next time, I wish you peace on your journey. May you always align with love and let your life speak. Itakuyeo Yasin.